Pushkin. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill-building courses for you to choose from because the steps you choose to take today will help you love what you do in the future. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. There's this genre of YouTube video, the unboxing video. It starts with somebody on screen with a package that just got delivered. It's something they ordered online. A watch or a stand mixer really could be anything. And the video is just the person opening the package, and then opening the box inside the package, and taking out this new thing that they just bought. That's it. That is the unboxing video. And it's not really my thing. I want somebody to make reboxing videos. Some practical middle-aged dad, say, decides he really doesn't need those, those hiking boots that he ordered online last week. We see him putting the boots back in the shoebox and then putting the shoebox in a cardboard box, taping it up, maybe putting a label on the box, and then dropping the box off at UPS for that sweet, sweet, full refund. That is relatable content. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and this is What's Your Problem, the show where I talk to people who are trying to make technological progress. My guest today is Amit Sharma. He's the co-founder and CEO of Narvar. Narvar works with companies like Sephora, Lululemon, and Home Depot to manage the post-purchase phase of online shopping. Tracking, alerts, and, crucially, returns. And returns are huge, hundreds of billions of dollars a year in the U.S., Overall, something like 10% of online purchases are returned. Uh, And for categories like shoes, it's even higher, around 25 or 30%. 
For the retailers Amit works with, this is profoundly expensive. So the problem I wanted to discuss with Amit was this. E-commerce companies have trained us to love free returns, but will they be able to afford it? To start, though, we talked about just the basics of how returns work. What happens when I send back a pair of shoes? I know there's lots of options, but I do whatever. I, I ship it off. What happens to that pair of shoes that I have bought and sent back next? Where does it go? Once that pair of shoes gets back to the retailer, they will do what they call the grading process, which will say, hey, is this shoe is in a good condition to go back on shelf to be sold again as a proper full price item. Sold as a new pair of shoes. Yeah. If not, yeah. if it is, you know, if it's scuffed or, or there are some issues, can it can be sold on, hey, worn already or a discounted piece of it. So there's a second way of doing that. Uh-huh. Third is that if it is completely in non-sellable condition, then, you know, retailers have a couple of options. Either it goes to landfill or you can actually sell, oh, wow. sell into secondary market, which means it may show up on the other marketplaces such as eBay. So does that mean that when I'm buying shoes online, are they usually shoes that somebody has like bought and then returned? Like how often when I buy a pair of new shoes, has somebody bought them and returned them? It's a good chance. I mean, you know, usually um, for a pair of shoes, it might take three or four round trips to find the right home or right pair of feet uh, to get there. Wait, when you say three or four round trips, do you mean most? Like, is there, for a typical pair of shoes sold online, it goes out and back and out and back? Like, that's a normal thing? It's a normal thing. I mean, typically people will buy one size up and one size down. 20 plus years ago, Zappos, uh, when they started in the place, I mean, that, there was a, they changed the equation. Free shipping and free returns both ways out. And then, you know, you will see all... Uh, the experience and the stories out there from consumers where they're trying on shoes and they're keeping what they uh, like or, or fit and returning the rest of it. Was the Zappos free returns thing like the watershed moment for returns? Is that the like glowing origin story of, of re- online returns? Absolutely, hands down. And Zappos and Zamazon, they, huh. they changed the equation uh, for, for consumers for good. I want to talk a little bit about the kind of evolution of online returns, right? So Zappos was what, their early aughts? So before Zappos, hard for people to believe now, you had to pay to return stuff when you bought it online. That is correct. Um, And you may even have to call the contact center or customer service to even get an authorization that you can even return it. Uh, Hey, I'm I'm so-and-so and I place an order and I would like to return it. It gets authorized, then only you send it back. Like the companies really didn't want you to return stuff you bought online. Well, um, that's one way of saying it. If you were to speak with brands and retailers, they would say, we really want you to make sure you're buying what you want to keep. And, and I mean, it makes sense, right? I mean, it must be profoundly expensive for companies to deal with returns, right? I mean, well, let's talk about that. So first of all, free returns are not in fact free, right? We're all, they're included. We're all paying for free returns, whether we return stuff or not. Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's a cost of uh, shipping uh, or bringing it back. There is the uh, labor cost of, as we were just discussing, inspecting it, grading it, 
you know, uh, putting it back uh, on shelf and then send, send in, selling it again. So there's so much cost. And then as we discussed, not everything goes back uh, uh, online to sell full price. You know, 20, 30% of items get discarded either in the secondary market or landfill. So there's a tangible, significant cost associated with returns. And I feel like for companies at some level, this is an optimization problem, right? They want to maximize sales while minimizing returns. And to some extent, those things are, are intention for them. Absolutely. Um, uh, no doubt about it. And then and our analysis shows, um, to quantify that, for you know every $100 of online sales, roughly $25 or $26 um, of impact comes from returns. Uh, so that's 25% of the gross. 25% <laughs> of their gross revenue is dealing with returns. A- absolutely, yeah. Uh, a lot. Yeah, it is. That is a lot. Yeah, it's, it's a massive number. Is part of what your company tries to do to get that percentage down? So, yes. So there are a couple of things that you have to think about. You can actually figure out what's the most optimal way or the cost-effective way to bring the goods back to the merchant. So who is the right carrier? Which is the right location to drop off? And there are cost-effective ways. Second is, you know, enforcing your returns policy, right? So if you are, you know, if, uh, buying something online and a retailer has 30-day policy, you don't want to offer or honor returns at day 45 or day 50. I have observed that different companies make it easier or less easy to return things, right? Uh, I will say, you know, sometimes you can just bring the thing. You don't even have to put it in a box. You just bring the thing to whatever, the drugstore or Whole Foods, and give them the thing, which feels like magic. Uh, Sometimes you have to, like, put it in the box. Sometimes you even have to print out the label, which who even has a printer? I have assumed that those were deliberate choices on the part of companies and that there was a strategic reason to make it harder to return things, which is it would cause people to return things less. For sure. But Jacob, let me ask you a question. Would you buy your pair of shoes when it is arduous or a difficult process to return from the company that you would like to buy? If they were a lot cheaper, maybe, right? If there's something, take running shoes. I buy basically the same pair of running shoes every few months. I know what running shoes I want. Uh, it's the Nike Pegasus, whatever is last year's model. I've been buying them for many years. And in fact, when I buy those shoes, I go to like weird second tier retailers because I just want to buy them cheap. I know what they are. So in those instances, I am more price sensitive and less concerned that my returns will be easy. Well, I'm, I'm, but you bring a really great point. And a consumer behavior is in a, essentially two pieces, right? Value seeking whether it is a good value for the product you're buying or convenience seeking. Those are the two pieces. So the question, yeah. so the question is, you know, for businesses to grow, they not only need their loyal customers, but they need the next set of new customers who are coming to you, right? And if you're a brand or a retailer, and if you are attracting the, a customer for the first time, they actually do check your help section and, and retailers FAQ to make sure what are your returns policies. I'm not comfortable buying yeah. for the first time for a brand or retailer if I don't know if those pair of shoes, you know, I have easy to understand or easy to follow returns process. I mean, there's another version and you do still see it sometimes, although it's rare, which is 
when you send something back, they charge you for shipping. They're like, we'll give you a refund minus $8 for shipping. Like, that is still a thing that one sees occasionally. <laughs> not, not occasionally. You'll be, you'll be surprised. 40%, 4-0% of top online retailers in the U.S. are charging for return fee. Oh, you don't say, huh? Yeah, and typically in your example, what they will say, I will give you your money back minus the return fee. Like behaviorally, that's a nice move, right? Because you're still getting money back. And so like, I feel like it, it works with the behavioral economics pretty well. And do your customers choose that as well? Is that sort of on the menu of things you offer? Yeah. I mean, we, we are a tech platform. You can design and define yeah. your returns policies. And I think earlier you were saying even the choice and convenience, whether um, a retailer wants consumer to print the label in, uh, in their homes or, or their offices, if they're going to offices, or pack it yourself and then drop it off. Or you just bring the item which is non-boxed, don't have to print the label, simply go to designated places where they will scan your QR code, don't worry about printing a label or package it. Then all these things are designed based on the brand's um, position on those pieces and they drive different behaviors. For example, if you give them the choice, they will actually return those items faster. It is not sitting in your car or back of your you know, uh, trunk and finding a right place to doing the returns. Let me ask you this. When a company makes me print out a return label, are they doing it to reduce the chances that I will return the product? That's a good, good question. I never thought that way. It's just giving... And Why else would they do it? Like, <laughs> you know, there are companies, and I like this, I like this. There are companies that will put in the package they're shipping you a return sticker label, right? Where you open the bag, it's like a plastic bag, and uh, you take out the shirt or whatever, and A, the plastic bag is resealable, and B, there's a sticker return label. And like when a company does that, I'm like... They're on my side. I mean, they're on my side is kind of a dumb, naive thing to think. But I think, oh, that's nice. Like, that is going to make me a more loyal customer of this company because they are not deliberately making it hard for me to return this shirt. Okay, so let's play um, uh, a devil's advocate there. Yeah. We just discussed that on an average, on an average in the retail industry, online returns rates around 10%. Yeah. 10%. That means 90% of the paper, print, ink, Electricity going to that printing, that label is never going to be used. Come on. Is that really, you really think it's the cost of printing the label? Come on. What's it cost to print a label? For a large retailer, it will cost you closer to a million dollars every year. I know, but, but we care about one label. What's it cost them to print one label? But that's another good... 25 cents. But it adds up. It, everything adds up. Listen, there's a dial that companies can turn of like, make it really easy to return right. things, make it medium to return things, make it hard, right? And they would be dumb not to think about the behavioral responses to the things they're doing, right? Surely that's part of the calculation. Absolutely. But, you know, it's, it's not either or. You know, you want to keep the label inside the box, yeah. great. But oftentimes consumers will throw that packaging label and then a few days later they want to return it. They, where do they go? They still need somewhere online to now get a QR code or something to go handle sure. that. I feel like you're being an apologist for companies that make it hard to return things. 
I, I thought you'd be on my side on this one. And all I'm saying is beyond the products you're selling, what kind of value at services and experiences you are offering, especially in, in our discussion, the same pair of Nike shoes you can buy in half a dozen places. Where is the company's value proposition there? That's the biggest question. Besides the price, we discussed price is one key lever outside of the price. Where else? Otherwise, it's race to the bottom, right? So, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's the question. So our piece is that, you know, using the technology and then figuring out where do you want to actually craft your policies, whether you want to make it, you know, difficult or you want to make it more reasonable or extremely convenient, right? All those things are there, but underlying factor remains and which is you, you're calling out, it costs money. After the break, Amazon. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. How does AI even work? Where does creativity come from? What's the secret to living longer? TED Radio Hour explores the biggest questions with some of the world's greatest thinkers. They will surprise, challenge, and even change you. Listen to NPR's TED Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the show. I've thought of Amazon a lot in this conversation. You, you have done a lot for returns. You have a lot of big clients. But Amazon is also very impressive in terms of returns. What's something you've learned from watching and in some ways competing with Amazon? First off, we, we don't compete with Amazon. We love Amazon because they set the standard and we want to make sure we can democratize those standards and, and giving that back choice and convenience for everybody. So it's a level playing field for uh -huh. all the brands and retailers that they can leverage. So th there's nothing that we can do that, you know. So, so you go to your clients and say, do you want to be as good as Amazon on tracking and returns? We can do that for you. And nine out of 10 conversations are, hey, I already shop. I'm already a prime member. 
and how do I offer same similar services to my customers? So that's that is absolutely uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely the case. I mean, the other piece I'm saying that you know it's very impressive uh, to see Amazon offering um, these return services at scale, not only just in the US. They operate globally, right? So and it's just seeing you know how you can offer um, these kind of programs. It just has been uh, quite impressive. You know how hard it is. You truly know how hard it is to do. <laughs> absolutely, do. absolutely. So I feel like there's an interesting, maybe, and maybe I'm kind of reaching here, but there's like this bigger macroeconomic idea that I'm curious about here, which is we've just lived through this, call it 10-year period, you know, basically the teens of zero interest rates, incredible inflow of capital to tech companies, including e-commerce companies, growth above all else, right? So this is a universe, I feel like, where online retailers are just throwing free returns at us and free shipping, and they just want you to buy, and they don't care if you return. Um, and so the high costs of uh, free returns are, could be absorbed in that era. Now we're in this new era when interest rates are not zero, when lots of tech companies have become more interested in profits relative to growth. And so I'm curious now that we've all been trained to just expect free returns whenever we want it, like, are companies going to stop giving us free returns now? I can tell you, hands down, returns is top of mind for all the retailers. So now the question comes, how do they actually um, really think about from the P&L perspective, not just the consumer experience perspective? How do you bring the P&L perspective uh-huh. to really do that? And all... P&L prof- profit and loss. How do... uh, yeah. Ab- ab- yeah. Absolutely. Now... Um, whether they're going to make it harder or they're going to actually, um, you know, charge more to the consumers. I can make it, you can return it, but it's going to cost you, right? That's, that's where the conversation yeah. is going to go. And that is what exactly is happening in the market. So it, it is more retailers are in fact charging for returns. That is true. Are there ways the world of returns might look significantly different in five years in terms of how we can return stuff, what it might cost, the technologies, you know, on the on the back end, what might be different? The next three to five years out, as we see it, and that's not um, atypical, that's a very common consumer um, surprise factor, but they do not know the impact and the, you know, the size of returns economy, where we see that transparency is needed for creating that education and awareness, what happens to returns when they are sent back. So consumers are being a little bit more mindful. You, you mean companies are going to try and talk us out in a nice way of returning so much stuff? Companies are going to be like, do you really, really, are you sure you want to return those shoes? You can, but think about it. Like, is that what you're saying? Maybe. If consumers are aware of how much they buy, how much that goes into landfill, how much is actually you know, circulated back in the economy, and that's where there has to be certain areas, I believe, in next three to five years, there will be more transparency, education, awareness is needed in this whole area of returns and exchanges. Well, I mean, if you really want to make a sustainability argument, the argument is buy less stuff. But I don't think the e-commerce sites are going to give us that right. one. Well, you are correct, but there are example is Patagonia. Yes, Patagonia is, is, a, is an atypical company, which, by the way, charges for returns. That's right. You know, 25 years ago, 
Zappos was atypical. And here we are. So we yeah. need more companies like Patagonia and others who are atypical now to create that education and awareness in the market. Whether that changes the consumer uh-huh. sentiment or not, you know, we all will find out in five years' time. But all I'm saying is that if you want to change huh. the equation in a meaningful fashion, we need to have a much, you know, much broader discussion uh, with consumer base. Interesting. So, so it's like the pendulum has been swinging for 20 years toward just return, return, free returns, easy to return. You're saying the pendulum is already starting to swing the other way. Don't return so much stuff. Maybe we're going to charge you if you return your stuff. You should really think about the environmental impact of returning your stuff. The, the pendulum is going to keep swinging away and will return less stuff in five years, perhaps? A smaller percentage of the stuff? Today, returns, they say, and as you mentioned, there's a hidden cost of returns, which is not transparent. Yeah. So why won't we yeah. have a transparent yeah. conversation? You're getting a service, and in exchange, right now, the, the, there's a hidden fee of exchange. Why won't we make it much more open and transparent about yeah. it? That's what I'm saying about uh, on that topic. So, so returns aren't free now. They're included in the price. And people who return a lot of stuff drive up the price for everybody. Exactly. If you had to pay for returns, then it would be way more fair. That's right. Right? So, and it's, again... Is you... this the show where we're declaring... <laughs> can we declare the end of the free returns era? Can we say that? It's over. I would say for sure 2023 will be the end of free returns era. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. Okay. Okay. We'll be back in a minute with the lightning round. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you get there? There are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. That dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So it's safe to say it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is accelerating innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. How does AI even work? Where does creativity come from? What's the secret to living longer? TED Radio Hour explores the biggest questions with some of the world's greatest thinkers. They will surprise, challenge, and even change you. Listen to NPR's TED Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts. Back to the show. 
let's close with the lightning round. I'll let you go very soon. What's the last thing you returned? Um, last thing that I returned, actually, you know, it's a pair of shoes um, that just didn't fit. Um, what's the worst possible thing I can return from the point of view of the company? Like, what's really bad for companies if I return? If you return um, a dining table or uh, a couch or a much bigger item, uh, it requires not only a you know, lot of coordination to come and pick it up, but you know, it costs even a lot more money as well. What's one thing you learned working at Apple? Maniacal focus on the finest details. What's one thing you learned working at Walmart? I mean, they're truly adding value. Um, and, and that's in their tagline, you know, save money, live better. Uh, just one more question. And, and this one goes back, uh, goes back a ways in your career. Uh, in the original dot-com boom, you, uh, you started a startup that failed. And because you were on a work visa at the time, you basically uh, had to go back to India. You wound up going back to India. And I'm curious, was it a hard call to come back to the U.S. after that? No, honestly, it was not a hard call. I mean, um, you know, back in 2000 and, you know, and even now, you know, all the um, technological advances and, and entrepreneurship, I mean, the U.S. has been in the forefront of it. So if you want to learn something or, or make a difference, U.S. is the land uh, of opportunities, at least in the, in the world that, you know, we are in commerce and technology or, or any kind of uh, startup world. Amit Sharma is the founder and CEO of Narvar. Today's show was produced by Gabriel Hunter Chang and Edith Russolo. It was edited by Sarah Nix and engineered by Amanda K. Wong. You can email us at problem at pushkin.fm. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Goldstein. I'm Jacob Goldstein, and we'll be back next week with another episode of What's Your Problem? The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. How does AI even work? Where does creativity come from? What's the secret to living longer? TED Radio Hour explores the biggest questions with some of the world's greatest thinkers. They will surprise, challenge, and even change you. Listen to NPR's TED Radio Hour wherever you get your podcasts.